I have to say that so many crazy things seem to be happening to all of us. Uh, and, and one of the kind of overriding uh, features of our civilization, our new culture, is this uh, bizarre hatred of uh, sex. Yeah, I, I call it a hatred of sex in a way, because people don't seem to understand the the true purpose of sex. They want to strip away all of its uh, real meaning and what its real purpose is. And yet at the same time, they want to enjoy all the benefits of it. They they don't want any, any of the accountability of sex, but they want the great joy of sex itself. They just want the orgasm, as it were, and they they don't want the the sense that this is a, a way of of bonding with with somebody of the opposite sex, one person, and ultimately, hopefully, having kids with that one person. So uh, th that that is a, a dynamic that I want to explore today because so many things uh, seem to revolve around that, including the transgender issues that we talked about before, uh, many times over. And it's it's going to be fascinating. And with me today is uh, my co-host, a guest. Bryce Eddy, um, who is also a the captain of his own uh, podcast as well called The Bryce Eddy Show, um, and I guess it's going to be that called that. Anyway, Bryce, welcome to The Brock Lurie Show. Hey, Brock. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. This is uh, this is going to be fun because, you know, we're going to get into some uh, topics that I like to talk about. So, you know, you and I are going to have a blast. <laughs> right. Well, you know, as you know, I wrote this book called Rise of the Sex Machines, and it was really about the the destruction of relationships and how the trivializing of sex is really destroying us all. Uh, this notion that, you know, it's just sex, and I put that in quotes, uh, is really very damaging to our society. And we'll explore a little bit about that as we, as we move along. One of the things I wanted to start off with, because I find it so fascinating, is uh, you may have noticed that the news media organizations out there um, are now pushing to have very few kids. In fact, to not have kids at all. Uh, you're a hero if you don't have any kids. And and why should you have kids after all? Because, you know, the great fight against global warming, uh, when you have a child, he emits carbon emissions, for one thing. And then secondly, he uses the planetary resources in a destructive way, because we can only have so many resources on the planet, and it's finite, and therefore we must think about the better betterment and the, the healthy um, uh, use of resources but nobody's thinking about that. And so the best thing you should do is not have children. That's, uh, and, and people are feeling good about that. They, they, uh, they feel like they're doing something really wonderful. Uh, your thoughts, Bryce, what, what do you think about that? Yeah. So, so, you know, my, my show, uh, the only rule is really interesting people. Um, and we talk about interesting topics, right? So, um, you know, I, I, I'm able to uh, attract, you know, great thinkers and, you know, I, I have uh, a lot of pastors and, uh, you know, you've come on and other people who, who think and, and have these topics. Uh, my show isn't expressly a Christian show, but I'm a Christian man. Right. And what we're talking about is a massive um, worldview difference, right? They believe that, that um, I mean, the, the carbon that they are trying to eliminate is human beings. Um, you know, oh. there's this wild death cult, and they think that human beings are a scourge on the earth, and every day more and more of this is coming out. You know, people like Jane Goodall just said that, you know, we should have— um, you know, the population that we had 500 years ago, which was around 500 million. And and so the whole manifestation of all of this stuff is them pushing to get us to not have children, um, you know, uh, trans and sterilize the ones that we have, um, you know, <laughs> euthanize the old people. I mean, all of that stuff is a movement, but it's manifestations of that when the Christian viewpoint is – and and you share this viewpoint, I know. Um, be fruitful and multiply. Yeah, yep, that's right. It's exactly right. It's it's uh, being fruitful and multiplying, and it's there for a reason, uh, and and for a very good reason. We need to understand that that God wants us to do this. God wants us to have many people um, on the planet, and. For some crazy reason, we always seem to be able to manage, right? I mean, I just heard a major news segment about Paul Ehrlich uh, from the old days of the population bomb and how he said they will, will basically all be eating each other like Soylent Green, that movie, yeah. uh, but by the 90s, the early 90s, 1990s, that is, and that there would be no life uh, in any of the oceans in, in the 70s, the 1970s, right? 
Uh, I mean, there was not a single thing that he predicted that even came close to happening. In fact, it was the reverse of anything. We have much more food, much less hunger in the world than ever before. But people don't want to look at the past. They don't want to look at uh, exploring whether somebody was got it right or wrong. And they, they, all the doomsayers, I mean, there's not a single doomsayer that has ever gotten anything right. Just nothing. And uh, But then again, like, like, like I say, the Democrats have never looked past five minutes ago, and they don't look uh, five minutes in the future. <laughs> that, that's it. That's their, that's their limiting line. How, how will it be, you know, five minutes in the future? That, that's it. So uh, I'm concerned about it because, like you said in the very beginning, Bryce, that this is a, a paradigm shift. It's an outlook that is completely opposite to the way we Christians and Jews, and for that matter, what, you know, the, the primary proponents of Western civilization believe. Uh, so what happens when that comes into conflict, when you have this world where, you know, half the country, uh, more or less, uh, thinks that having kids is irresponsible and the other half uh, think that not having kids is irresponsible, right? I mean, that, that's a big clash. It's, it's almost to the, uh, one could even argue that it's greater dichotomy than, than slavery and not slavery, right? I, I mean, yep. this, is, this goes to our very existence as, as a species, so I don't know. And then you have the natalists. These are the people that think that we shouldn't be on the planet whatsoever. You know, they're not interested in the survival of the human species. They're more interested in the survival of every other species. Yeah, well, I, I tell those people, you know, okay, fine. If that's the case, jump off a cliff. You go first. You know, if, you, if you're going to eliminate somebody, you start with yeah. you. Is that um, a good example, my friend? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, I mean, all of this stuff, Again, it it stems and it's a manifestation from the from the same evil, and and that's what we're we're competing with and dealing now. Um, I think that you know we're in a civil war, um, and I you know, I've said this a lot on my show, um, and I you know and I've I've got uh, the response from the left is that I'm advocating for civil war. No, I'm identifying the fact that we are so far apart. And we are in a war right now, and it's a culture war. It's a, a fourth and fifth generation war where, you know, it, it's uh, about attacking our ideals. It's a decentralized um, issue. But at some point, these things go kinetic. And I do have a concern that, you know, our differences are irreconcilable. And there is a silver lining if we can, you know, continue to be strong in our own communities. And that is... They are the ones that are not having children. They're the ones that are sterilizing and transing their own kids. Yes, that's true. They're the ones that are that are you know doing this to themselves voluntarily. And over time, we will naturally grow if we do a good job. We'll, we'll then kind of right the ship just through uh, a time and you know generations moving out and generations moving in. Wow, that's a, that's such a great point. I I do think that's a great point that that will benefit at the end of the day. I mean, they're they're committing suicide of their own team. Uh, why should we stop them, right? <laughs> but you know, it, it it is so tragic because the the children should not be the victims of of their whacked ideology, and the, and it really is whacked. One hundred percent. Yeah. Here here's another story, Bryce. That that I think is fascinating, and you've heard this maybe. Uh, this notion that. Well, it's not a notion. It's a, apparently a scientific fact, not a prediction. It's a scientific fact, and this is from the New York Post, saying that the sperm count, the average male sperm count in uh, America, at least, has de declined 62% in the past 50 years. No one seems to know why. Uh, the author of this article notes that the news doesn't address what is causing the declines, but other researchers have tied falling sperm counts to obesity, sedentary lifestyles generally, smoking, exposure to certain chemicals and pesticides, and among other factors. Um, I know you have a different take on or a take on this, and I'd, like, I'd love to hear it. Uh, my own personal take is, I mean, it's almost like a wishful thinking sort of thing where you, you don't want any kids, and then it's as if the body seems to respond to it. It's a little bit like the goldfish in the bowl, right? If the, the small bowl, if you put a goldfish in a small bowl, he won't grow beyond that bowl, right? So maybe that's what, what's going on here, but that's a kind of a more philosophical thing. What do you think? Well, I think there are those philosophical issues and, and manifestations, you know, that, that do happen, you know? I mean, uh, we're, we're pretty mysterious creatures. But, um, you know, really look at what testosterone rates are at right now. 
So yeah. um, we have this what's called early andropause effect right now going on in our in our culture. Young men today in their 20s and 30s have the testosterone of what an 85 year old has today. Wow. That that that. So you know, men that were born in the earlier generations that are still alive are in that similar two to 400 range when they are measuring their testosterone levels. Um, and I think that the, the reasons that they um, uh, suggested for the lowering of the sperm count, I think those are many of the same reasons, but there's other things that are involved too. You know, there's a lot of environmental issues, um, you know, environmental toxins, BPAs, things like that that we know um, are hormone disruptors, but also we no longer labor. We no longer work very hard physically, and testosterone responds to that. You know, when oh, you work large muscle groups um, and you push against resistance, you have a, a um, you know, reflective increase in your testosterone levels um, when you do hard things. And we aren't requiring anything of these kids these days, and these young men are in front of screens, and, uh, you know, they're, they're feminized on, on multiple ways. And if you, you know, you want to, um, you know, be manly, act manly. Um, you know, a joke on my show is that I'm, you know, putting the man back in mankind. I kind of yeah. had that throwaway well, comment one time and, yeah. and, uh, and, and my social media people were like, Oh, that's great. That's funny. You know, nobody's saying that. Um, and it's, so I, I sort of say it in an amusing way, but the truth is, um, if you look at the details behind testosterone, it is so low. And of course that has a, you know, reflection on sperm count and and everything else um, that that's going on. So you know yeah. we're we're seeing that. You know that's that's such a great point, and it's so straightforward. Uh, it's simple without being simplistic. It it explains a hundred percent of what could be the answer. I mean, it's a very logical. It's a little bit like uh, you know, if you don't use a muscle, it's going to atrophy, right? It's it's going to get flabby, and then eventually it'll be you know atrophied. Uh, and I think there is something to that. If men don't do manly things, uh, work and labor, and and then then nature in a way is saying, well, maybe, maybe we don't want any more of you. <laughs> that's that's it. I, so. I think there's yeah, I think there's some um, you know truth to that. Um, yeah. You know because you propagate a species by you know the strong you know getting together, and uh, and and so I think there is some effect there in that. Isn't that interesting? I well let's let's talk about something kind of similar to that. And that's about the raising of men. Uh, you know, this is a topic I want to get into. And then because so much of it does devolve around, you know, relationships and even sex uh, and what we expect of the opposite sex for that matter. I interest, I had an interesting conversation with a, a woman that I guess she considers herself a feminist of some, some sort. And I made the bold comment that I'm sure you would agree with that only men can make men. Okay. Agreed. So, yeah. And, and you know that as well as I do, uh, she was very offended by that comment. And she said, uh, she pointed to a couple of, uh, kids uh, that were the same age as, as my kid, uh, and said, what about such and such a boy? Uh, he's being raised by two lesbian moms and, and he's turning out just fine. And I said, well, first of all, he's 10 years old, this boy, and he hasn't really been tested in his manhood. I doubt that these women know how to raise him as a man. I'm sure that they're very good about making sure that he says please and thank you and being respectful. That's wonderful. But that's not the same thing as being a man. Uh, being a man, uh, you know, women just don't know. They, they, like if, you, if your boy starts crying um, about something that he, you know, he, he falls and he, he kind of excessively cries about it, uh, you know, what, what do you do as a mother or as a woman for that matter? Well, you, you, you coddle him, you say, it'll be okay. It's just in your instinct that you can't do that. And when, when a man approaches that, well, I'll, you know, let me ask you, Bryce, what would you do if, if your 10 year old boy uh, fell off his bike, let's say, and it wasn't like a massive break or anything else. It's just a scrape and he starts crying. What, what would you tell him? Yeah, well, listen, I mean, I, 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 I think that the role of a man in that situation even applies to girls, right? You know, there's yep. now you, you, you do it in a subtle difference. And I have three daughters. But, yeah. you know, my question is always, are you injured or are you hurt? <laughs> Ooh, okay. I like that. 
Um, yeah. Because if you were just hurt, you know, suck it up a little bit, rub some right. dirt in it, get up and, you know, go about <laughs> your business because learning to deal with pain. And usually, I mean, the reason that God makes them green sticks, right? You know, they're not easily broken. Right. There's scrapes and bruises and things like that. You know, we ran around our generation uh, without helmets, you know, on bikes and everything like that. No, nothing was really nerfed like that. I, I watched a video the other day with, um, you know, metal slides and monkey bars and things yeah, like that that almost don't exist at all these days. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've we've over feminized everything. And the truth is, is that uh, teaching a little bit of toughness to boys is incredibly valuable. That is not a female instinct. And no. it's not supposed to be. Right. You know, they're they're supposed to be like, oh, son, you know, oh, are you OK? And give them hugs and that sort of thing where the dad goes, you know, get up, get after it. You're fine. You know, deal right. with it. You know, if a Suck bone's sticking out, OK, let's rush you to an emergency room. That's you right. know, that, that's exactly right. And they're terrified of uh, the, the, the long term consequences if you don't give them enough love about it, enough caring and nurturing about it. And yeah. this is the way it works. I mean, it's just, you know, a man knows that. Uh, it's the suck it up sort of attitude that you have uh, with my child when uh, when that happens and it happens from time to time. Um, I let him cry for five seconds and I, I give him a countdown. And I say yeah. five seconds and then I say, OK, you're done. And then he then he kind of wipes away his tears and he goes, all right, got it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and listen, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with genuine tears. I mean, I, I cry tears of joy and things all the time. You know, it's funny. I, I joke that I, I've got this count, you know, and, and if I get teared up on my podcast, which it's been four yeah. times right now, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm counting it. Okay. That's the fourth time I've cried on my podcast. That was <laughs> pretty good. You really you, grew up in this podcast. You know, that's, that's my yeah. goal for the rest of the podcast now. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks you know, I might, man, tell me, a good, tell me a good <laughs> story about reconcil reconciliation of people I, I, or, you I, know, I'll, I'll say it in one word, Braveheart. Oh yeah. 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 See, <laughs> but those are those moments, right? You know, men can cry. There's, you know, there's, uh, um, it, it is, uh, I think an important thing to show appropriate emotions. Emotions are a gift that God gave us, you know, right. but you, you as a man are to become a master of them. And That's that right. is what we are to teach our boys. And, and it doesn't mean just crying and things like that. It means anger. It means, right. you know, all of the things that we're, we're to teach them to, uses tools and, and but but put in submission in their lives you know right. to to their you know their higher brain functions yeah it's, and it's about channel. channeling channel it yeah 100 percent. yeah well it is fascinating i i do like that idea and this inability and i really i, I don't fault them it's not as if uh women are wrong for this that they're bad people or anything on the contrary we don't know what they know about raising girls, for example, right? Well, I mean, well or, or raising boys. I mean, you have yeah. to remember, you know, there's the reason that, you know, God gave us the design of a man and a woman and that, that model of the family is because yeah. each one are going to contribute to their, their sons and daughters in, in very different ways. A woman alone, and, and this is an interesting statistic, you know, um, 99% of all active shooters, there's two things that they have in common. Yeah. Number one, fatherless home. Yep. Number two, um, psych meds, SSRIs usually. So those two things cause more or are in the ingredient of more active shooters than anything else. And a man um, who doesn't have a father to guide him is, is um, many times uh, held back in society compared to one who has a father to, to guide them and teach them. Right. Yeah, you broke up a little bit there, but I think yeah, what you said is that uh, when you don't have a father, then then many times this is what's going to happen, and that's yeah. that's hundred percent massive disadvantage. Yeah, uh, in fact, in my book, uh, Rise of the Sex Machines, I had exactly that point where you you show all these uh, cases. I, I took all the serial killers for or mass shootings for that matter, and every single one of them, there's two things that they had in common. One is fatherlessness, like you said. And the second thing is that they didn't have God in their lives. They just, yeah. it was a totally absent. Amen. So, I mean, that's the big, uh, with the 800 pound gorilla that nobody wants to talk about. Um, and that is the correlation. That's a hundred, almost hundred percent. You said 99%. And I think that's fair. Um, and, uh, to, to not ignore that, to not see that is just criminal from a journalist point of view. And, and it's destructive to civilization altogether. Uh, what they wanted to do is to say, the four common things were, uh, of course, access to guns and mm -hmm. uh, and then 
uh, not teaching them whatever about. Uh, I mean, basically, it was, all, it was all about guns and access to guns. That's that's yeah. what it was. Which we've had. We had yeah. access to guns that that was ridiculously. I mean, they were commonplace in a way that they aren't even today. Go back yeah. forty or fifty years ago, and we did not have the the same instances. We have a breakdown in culture. The the tool is not the issue. Yeah. So uh, this is uh, another story that's coming out. There's this story of a thruple. Uh, that is has come out, and it's about. Let me just see if I can pull this up. Yeah, this is from the Huffington Post. Uh, the title is "This Thruple Made History with Their First Child." Here's what their lives are like. Uh, essentially, what they've done is they ma- managed a way to adopt the child, all three of them instead of two of them, and uh, they think that they are breaking frontiers. And uh, you know, and the article assumes that anyone who insists that they should only have two parents is backward and uh, simply doesn't know what reality is and aren't they better than than you <laughs> that, that's the essence of the article uh, and it look I mean this is part of the whole sex culture that we're talking about uh, where anything goes in sex uh, there's no real purpose to, to sex uh, they they do, do produce children, yes, but the relationship, the concept of like, we're the two people that had sex that had you, little Johnny, and that's that's the dynamic involved, right? So, but they, they separated sex from the production of children, even though that, of course, is essentially the only way. And um, and now they, they want these relationships that revolve around them that are not about the mother and father who created you, right? I mean, yes, I, of course, I understand about adoption. I understand about divorce and stepfathers and stepmothers. But the ideal is that you would have a mother and father who produced you uh, as your child and and so on. That's the ideal. And these people want so much more of this. And I, I, I just see such destructive um, results coming out of this with throuples and quadruples. Uh, it's a, I mean, what happens when one of them decides, you know what, I, I don't feel like being in this quintuple, right? I mean, it, what what happens then? Oh, okay, well, we got four four spare tires still left to go, so we're good, right? Is that is that the idea? Will there be no emotional, uh, you know, fall fallout from that? I, you know, it, it's too obvious. Um, there are other things as well. There's when you when you divorce sex from the, the having children. Uh, there's a story of this woman. She was a, a lawyer, actually, in Ohio. This is a story that came out about three years ago, and uh, she and her husband, with her her, her husband's knowledge, <clears throat> would go uh, every um, I think two or three months to Las Vegas, <clears throat> where excuse me, where uh, prostitution is legal, and she would uh, prostitute herself for three weeks and make just a whole bunch of bank uh, from that. And then go back to Ohio and be, you know, continue her merry way as a lawyer. Um, she wasn't disbarred or anything. That's not considered moral turpitude or anything else like that. And they, they're just very proud of their lives. They think it's just awesome. And I, I, I just, as a husband, I, I just couldn't imagine thinking all these men, strange men, no less, multitudes of men having sex with my wife over and over again. Uh, and I just, ah, uh, it just, it's such a disturbing story. And yet, they talk about that too in a way that is, you know, get with the times, man. <laughs> we're we're progressive. You're not. You're backward. And if you disagree with the, with us, you're stupid. So, I mean, these are the stories that we're hearing, uh, Bryce. I I just I, I don't see that changing for the better. I just don't. Um, yeah. So. Well, well, listen. There's there's a um, look. There is a ton of uh, sexual sin and things that exist in even conservative communities. Okay, the difference that we have going on here is what these folks are doing is instead of going, okay, you know, r- recognizing that sin exists and you know we're all fighting against it in our individual lives. Right. They are celebrating and promoting it, um, and they're doing it. Um, you know, number one. Um, uh, you know, a lot of these folks are fetishists, right? Mm-hmm. And they're and they're attempting to normalize their uh, fetish. Right. Um, you know, we 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 saw that with Sam Britton, the um, you know nuclear physicist, uh, um, uh, cross-dressing uh, baggage thief that worked for the Biden administration. If you remember that story, the bald head guy with lipstick that uh, was stealing. Um, oh, you yes, know, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, uh, stealing okay. luggage from the airports and, you know, right. things like that and, and doing 
uh, wait, wait, puppy wait, cosplay. Right. So, there's something wrong with that? I'm sorry. I did. Yeah. Are, you, are you suggesting that that's not what you and I do all the time? I mean, come on. Well, well, all of it, again, <laughs> all, of it is, all of it needs to be just called out really with what it is. They're fetishists, you know, and they're trying to celebrate these things on a public stage and they're trying to make it to where we have to accept it. Like, oh yeah, that's just an alternate lifestyle. Yeah, no problem, no big deal, whatever. And then once right. we accept it and say that it's that it's okay, you know, they want us to to celebrate and and you know finally they want us to you know live in their delusions. Um, but but these are these are pr pretty weird people, and I'm looking forward to when normal people come back on the scene and 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 <laughs> dominate again, uh, because we we've, we've got to move past this. But going back to your thruple thing. And um, there is a – if anybody is uh, science fiction fans, they've probably noticed this. You know, science fiction to me is like pizza. You know, even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. You know, I just love that genre. Oh, that's funny. But they are pushing that idea in a bunch of science fiction shows and things now. They'll have a, a main character or a side player, and, and they'll casually mention that they're in this thruple or they came from a place where they're one of, you know, uh, wow. one of these nine kids that have nine, you know, mothers and fathers that all in a community commune raise them together. Uh -huh. They're pushing it. So there's some weird fantasy that they're suggesting that that's like the future and that's the height of civilization. And when, when we, you know, like Hillary Clinton, you know, raise everybody like a village sort of a yes, thing. And it's yes. all for the purpose of breaking down the family unit. The family unit is the strongest thing. Um, and the, the, the greatest threat to central authority, yeah. because that is the smallest government that we have. Yeah. Yeah, it is the smallest and most important government that we have uh, to accentuate your point. And again, this is an example. And I think, Bryce, this is what you're saying, is that when you separate, when you de de detach uh, sex from what it means and what it's for, which is the uh, creation of a family and creation of children from that family, uh, that is the essence of it. If you don't treat that as the holy reason why you have it, I mean, it's... Uh, <laughs> If you drive a car solely for the purpose of, I don't know, ramming into people, you would say that's a problem, right? I mean, if, if you drive a car for its essential purpose, which is to drive from point A to point B, then great, then you're using the car correctly. But I think what we're, what's happening now is we're using sex solely for its uh, ramming speed, so to speak, to use mm -hmm. a car analogy, uh, to use it for very inappropriate reasons. It's solely for the purpose of getting the orgasm, solely for the purpose of getting off. Uh, as it were, to, to use that, you know, colloquialism and and then move on with your life. And and that's why that phrase, it's just sex, uh, is so dangerous. It, it means so much. <clears throat> if it's just sex, then how come people, you know, have, have created so many stories uh, rising out? So many horrific things have resulted of it. And if you're to believe at least one uh, <clears throat> Greek story, a whole war started out of sex <laughs> as a result of that, right? So um, people do crazy things uh, because of jealousy <clears throat> and envy and uh, desires for a woman and vice versa. Uh, the, the anger of a woman toward a man who might be cheating on her. Uh, look what happened to Phil Hartman uh, when he divorced yep. her. She ran over him with her, with her car and, and just for good measure, ran over him three times to, to ensure the process and to make sure how angry she was. Uh, then you've got the story of Lorena Bobbitt and the, the cutting off the penis. I mean, there's, there's so many examples of this, and I actually list quite a few of them in my book. And when people say it's just sex, it, it's so naive. It's so dangerous to do that. And, and everyone knows, every woman knows that all, there's all, just yeah. – Yeah, I'll <laughs> add another dimension to that too yeah. because, you know, the sex drive is the most powerful drive that, that men have. And yeah. – properly channeled, it's the reason we built skyscrapers. It's the reason that we civilized uh, the world. It's the reason for so many good things, because when it is properly channeled, again, into you know that that energy into good productive things, yeah. including the family and and the the, yeah. the structures that civilize our society. I mean, that's that's where that masculine energy comes from. Yeah. and and we're spending it. Um, and, and going into debt in our society, spending inappropriately that energy. And that's yes. what, what you're seeing manifested right now. 
Oh, you know, it's a great point. And I'm going to make, uh, to amplify your point, uh, let's take the inventions and the creations that happened between the end of the, at the beginning of the Industrial Revolution, let's say, you know, 1860 to 1870s to the year 1950. Okay. And uh, see all the incredible inventions that happened back then. We could list them, but the, it, there's just too many. The air conditioning, uh, the plane, the car, uh, you know, the harnessing of electricity, the light bulb, the, the telephone for that matter. I, I mean, incredible things that have, have happened. And then even go to 1969 with the um, uh, sending the man on the moon to, to walk on the moon. Incredible things that happened. Now, you, you follow up with that. Since 1970, right? <laughs> yes, we've got more computers. Yes, we've got the internet. And, and, you know, our cars are a little bit more fancy. But we haven't had that explosion of real progress in terms of inventions and otherwise that we've had in, in that period I just described, 1880 to uh, basically 1969. And, you know, you wonder why. Uh, and I, I think part of it is, I mean, most people say, I know that Mark Stein wrote about this and he said that, you know, we, we've entered into a regulatory phase that really cripples innovation and uh, excitement for the future. But man, I mean, when I was, I think I'm a little bit older than you, um, Eddie, uh, Bryce rather, that we, you know, when I was 10 years old, um, the, the last man, the last Apollo mission happened, all right? So I was a little under 10 at the time. And boy, was it exciting. I mean, every kid back then wanted to be an astronaut, every single one. It was every boy, at least. And it was awesome. And I thought to myself, gosh, I wonder what the world will be like when I'm 50, you know, 40 years from then, right? And I, can, I surely will colonize the moon. Surely we might, might even colonize Mars. And, you know, ships will be going at, at light speed and, and I imagine flying cars and everything else. I mean, what a world it would be because I, I, I just, you know, I just took the trajectory on the graph in my mind's eye about what life would be like. And now here we are. It's, it's more, I'm, I'm more than 50 years old now, substantially more sadly. Uh, and, and we haven't even gone back to the moon, let alone colonize the moon. Uh, we haven't done virtually yet. We send some, you know, manless or what, what do you call it? Manless uh, rockets into space and, and to the moon and everything else studied it. That's cool. But we haven't done anything close to this. And I, I think it's part of it is what you just said. We, we're not channeling uh, our sexual urges. We don't need to, as it turns out, because you can have sex as much as you want, buddy. Yeah, go for it. You know, there's plenty of porn out there. You can participate in a porn thing. Uh, you and your wife can make a porn video uh, in a classroom, no less, and make tons of money off of that, or your girlfriend, for that matter. That's what there's actually a story for that, and they got expelled from the school. God knows why. I, 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 that, I would think that they would actually celebrate what yeah. the did, you know, given these uh, these days. They just needed a year or two later if they did it. Yeah, they <laughs> exactly. Were, they were, they were yeah, just they, a little just early. Like, they were pioneers. <laughs> uh, but I think there's something to that. This. It's sex is so readily available through Tinder and Grinder, and you know you can be gay if you want to, you can be the opposite sex if you want to. You know your entire identity is wrapped up in your sexual orientation and how you feel about yourself as a human being. Nothing else matters. You know your relationship with God doesn't matter, your profession doesn't matter, uh, your you know your Christianity doesn't matter, uh, your sense of being a father doesn't matter, or a community uh, you know volunteer. No, 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 no. no. How do you get your orgasm? That's all that matters. <laughs> well, well, I'll you know I'll offer because you said some of those years and they were very interesting. I'll offer a um, a an additional thought. Um, so I I did an episode. It's uh, you know a couple of weeks back called um, Secret Weapons for Quiet Wars, which I did with Dr. Keith Rose. Dr. Keith Rose is a former CIA knock and a good buddy of mine, and we went through this document. That's a 68-page document that was discovered in uh, back when the, they had those industrial copy machines. It was uh, purchased by a Boeing guy who wanted it for parts. And they discovered this document. The document itself was conceived, uh, and it mentions this in the book, they recognized in 1954, at, um, so post-World War II, that our country was going to become so ridiculously powerful and wealthy and all of that and they were worried that 
too much power would be in the hands of what they called the irresponsible people. And so they, the responsible and worthy few, had to figure out how to suppress us and, uh-huh. and make sure that they accumulated the power and the wealth for themselves. And, and so this document was discovered in 1986, but it was written in 1979. It's a quick read, but, but the podcast is pretty interesting because I go to the book and I read quotes from it. But, but what they did was we need to suppress uh, people in the U.S., and they were going to use mindless entertainment. They were going to use data on us. I mean all of these things right. that, that over time they were going to essentially dull us and, um, and try to dismantle our family structures and, and distract us and put us after endlessly stupid pursuits. Right. The, the, and, the expression is uh, I think it's uh, amused to death. Yes. And so I think what you're what you're um, talking about there aligns perfectly with a lot of those plans. And and it was all, of course, about accumulating power and accumulating wealth for the elite class. And this is this is a document that's written for the intelligence community, written for the elites. And uh, and people should should check it out because it's a it's an interesting, um, quick little read, and and you realize that it's only in today's day and age when you have Twitter and Google and all that stuff that they could put it seriously in effect. And I, I think it's a I think it's a blow mine. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not surprised. It it, it is ultimately uh, what you would expect in a culture that everything can be transmitted instantly. Uh, news-wise and otherwise, and uh, you, you catch somebody say, saying something inappropriate or can, which can be perceived as inappropriate, and that travels everywhere. I mean, think about, you know, if, if a person said exactly the same sort of, quote-unquote, inappropriate thing back, I don't know, in, in the public steps somewhere um, back in the 1880s, well, okay, so how are you going to distribute that? Right. And people can't do that. It's, you could you're going to send your horse and buggy and then spread the word that Billy Bob said X, Y and Z. And and isn't this a shame? Uh, nowadays, you just instantly just tweet it and everyone's got it and it goes viral, as they say. Uh, and then all of a sudden he's on his heels. And the whole story is about this nothing burger story. Mo- most of it's nothing burgers. Yeah. Uh, but but they really do appeal to to sex, getting back a little bit to that, because that's part of the, the mainstay of how they can amuse us to death, right? Yep. They're constantly giving us sex toys. Um, the transgender story is just um, one among so many. I mean, look how many commercials there are now for condoms and for toys and for adult websites, uh, to say nothing of the normalizing of of these porn websites. Uh, it, it's, I don't want to give you know, any sort of uh, attention to these websites by name, but nevertheless, there, there are so many of them and it's so easy to access. It's all for free. Uh, you can upload your sex video yourself. Uh, nobody will even notice that. It's a thrill for people to have these videos up. They even have uh, counter, you know, counterist, I think, whatever what they call them, where you can see how many people have clicked on your video. Um, and that gives them a thrill. That, that's well, the- part of the whole process. The scary thing there is so like you and I, if if we at our age, you know, got wrapped up in in porn, right? Be, uh, right? You know, we could over a couple of months, you know, our brains could go back to normal. We could, you know, get off of that addiction because it's an addiction. Right. You know, it lights the same parts of the brain as cocaine and all this stuff. And it is as addictive as anything else. But right. but we could we could get off it and be OK. Kids who are in their um, teens who started this many times even younger, their brains are permanently rewired. And there is uh, erectile dysfunction existing in 20-year-olds right now that many of them can't get over because their brains are so damaged and wired for that kind of stimuli. And um, there was a TED talk that I I think was done like 10 years ago that kind of warned of this and saw this happening. And yeah. it's only gotten a thousand times worse. And that's why a lot of these, you know, what, what Jordan Peterson and others refer to as, you know, in, incels or involuntary celibates who are stuck yeah. in front of their screens and their sticky keyboards, that's the only <laughs> relationships that they are able to have and maintain. And a lot of those folks are the Antifa guys and things like that, which is why they're bitterly uh, out there, you know, using fascist techniques to counter anti-fascism you know right yeah uh, I mean, ironic 
Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, but but anyway, that's why they're miserable. That's why um, you know they are you know uh, going and being so susceptible to some of the transgender th- uh, thing and some of these alternative lifestyles and stuff like that because they're they're broken. And my heart goes out to them. I mean, what a horrible place to right. be in. And and they have to go beyond the normative heterosexual relationship and and sex for that matter. They have to go for ever increasing thrills. Uh, so I think that's part of the reason why there's this sense of thruples and quadruples and drag queen shows, so. transgender issues and uh, talking about all these things and, and sex toys, because it just they, they have to get ever heightened senses uh, of excitement to, to get off, to get their orgasm, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's tragic. I mean, here we are talking a little bit before about the decrease in sperm count. I mean, here they can't even get it up, as it were. And yeah, you know, sorry to say it, but that, you know, it's your, your sperm count won't matter at all if you can't even get an erection in the first place. So it's, it's very tragic. And look, so much of it about, about all this is about sex and the, the manipulation of sex against us, the drag queen shows, the transgender issues that we've been talking about. Um, and I, and I predicted this, uh, and it's beginning to happen. I actually caught a couple of stories about this soon. Soon they will start encouraging, uh, male students in particular, but, but male and female students to pursue gay sex. And the theory will be, I mean, it'd be twofold. First of all, how do you know that you're not gay unless you try it, right? Mm. That, that's, you, you'll see that as, as, a, uh, as a theme in schools. And secondly, uh, gay sex is gonna be, is awesome because as, as you know, it's, it's not, you know, you don't have to, uh, you, don't, you can't create kids out of that, out of gay sex, but you'll still have the thrill of sex and not only that, but by not having by by having gay sex and only gay sex, well then, then you won't have children, and and that won't be a blight on the planet, and you won't be contributing to climate change. You see how everyone wins in that situation, right? We encourage wow. you to do. Here are here are all the toys, uh, and teachers are actively teaching kids. I mean, there's there's you know right now it's anecdotal, but there are enough of these stories of teachers showing kids how to use t- sex toys and how to think about gay sex that you begin to realize, okay, this is going to be a thing. It just, uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm, it, it crazes me enough to, to talk about it, but there it is. You talked before, Bryce, and, and I, I have an ultimate question for you as we wrap up the show. Uh, and it's been so interesting, really, and I, I thank you so much for being on the show. You talked before about this idea of like, okay, when we will come back and then we'll realize, you know, how nutty this all is and such. Um, I have two questions for you. Do you think that we will ever come back to some sort of normative behavior like like we had in the 80s and 90s, early 90s at that? Uh, and uh, that that's one thing. And then what will be the cause of that? Okay, that's, that's question number one. And then question number two is, do you think there's anything that the left can throw at us and they will agree that that is a bridge too far for even them. All right, so um, I, I'll, I'll answer that one first. Okay. No, there is nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, depravity knows no bottom. It no knows bounds. no uh, bounds. And that is why, um, you know, when all of the slippery slope people, you know, who should be celebrated, patted on the back, and, you know, cheers mm-hmm. to them, they were right in all of these things, you know, because um, uh, to to go with the first uh, question, there is no pendulum. OK, uh, the pendulum right. is a fantasy that it swings back and forth, you know, all that stuff. Um, it, there there would only be a pendulum if the fulcrum keeps moving. Right. I mean, you know, maybe there's that kind of a thing where it swings back slightly. But every time it swings forward, it goes towards entropy. It goes towards disorder. It goes right. towards chaos. Right. Right. Because that's evil. And, um, you know, as Christians and Jews who share common values, we need to be the ones that set this right again with God's help. Um, Mm -hmm. And barring that, um, we will not come back. In um, in 2010, uh, an author uh, who uh, 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 who studies uh, what's called. 
Cleodynamics, and his name's going to pop into my head for a moment, uh, Peter Tertian. I, uh, I quote him regularly, but he wrote an article. He has a book called Ages of Discord where he studies these patterns over time. And you can mm. you know, read the fourth turning or other books that have similar concepts. Um, but he predicted in 2010 in an article that 2020 would be the start of the most violent decade the world has seen. And it and the end of it comes when enough violence and destruction and horror happens that one generation that leaves and another generation that comes in, the generation coming in goes, we need to put a stop to this right. and we need to start knocking heads and we, we need to re-civilize things and we need to put the normal people back in charge and we need to have standards. Um, you're seeing that starting to come with um, our cities, okay? You know, you you live in the LA area, right? And uh, uh, crime is is going so out of control. A lot of it's still hidden, right? A lot of people don't know just how bad it is because they juke statistics. They 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 uh, they try to hide, but it's getting so terrible. I mean, the the stuff that we know from our security consulting company that's happening. I mean, we're getting calls every day, uh, things that are just amazing. Eventually. People will get tired enough, and that'll include the liberals, right? The left, the left wants chaos. They'll go to their grave, uh, you know, with destructive ideologies. But the people that consider themselves, you know, like Dennis Prager says, you know, there's left and there's liberal. But the liberal folks will say enough is enough, yeah. and and then they will authorize the people like me and others that that are ready to put things back to order with the support of society and it'll have to happen. And, you know, I, I'm afraid that there's yeah. only that way forward yeah. for us eventually. Yeah. Look, I, I, I think that's right. And going back to your pendulum comment, I, I so agree with this. Uh, when we, people say, don't you think the pendulum will swing the other way eventually? I, I always say what you just said, there is no pendulum. It assumes that there's a pendulum. Uh, the pendulum argument assumes that there's a, that there's a fulcrum that connects to the ceiling, right? Yes. If, the, if it's not like that, I think that the analogy is more like you said, which is that, you know, a body in motion will continue until there's a an equal and opposite, opposite force to stop it. And I don't see that force right now. And I, the only way to have that force to fight back is is a force that loves God, brings God into the to the town. And uh, and if we have that, then then I'm all in. I, I think it's going to be great. But if, if we can have a revival of Christianity and and Orthodox Judaism in this country, I think we're we're good to go. We'll be safe. But well, I'm right encouraged. Now, I'm encouraged by what I see. You know, I, I just uh, came back from Amfest right before the Christmas holiday, which is Turning Points Big America Fest. Uh, Twelve thousand people came in for that, mostly young people and young people that are on fire for um, our common values and right. values that were traditional and you know, looking to get married and have children and and looking to put things back in order and all of that from every walk of life, every color, every ethnicity, you know, um, these these <clears throat> kids who, are, who many of them are being homeschooled and are rejecting a lot of what society is pushing down their throats now, they're the new rebels. And I think that I think that will cause of, this. My only concern about that is is what I mentioned before in this podcast, that this is, you know, there's a large number of people who don't know what happened five minutes ago. Yeah. And how do you deal with that? How do you deal with a, a group? I mean, it's, it's great to be able to, to show them, look, we tried the socialism thing before. That didn't work. Uh, we, we had hippies before who just um, eschewed everything that civilization had to offer, and that didn't work. You would think, but but they don't know anything about that. No, they don't, they don't. know what America uh, declared independence, for that matter. They don't know what World War II was about, yeah. or who we were even fighting in World War II. They don't know who we fought in in England, you know, in the Revolutionary War, for that matter. They they thought that Lincoln was was a Democrat president. I mean, it's just, I, it it blows your mind. And so, look, everything you say is great, and I I, I think it makes sense, but it assumes. Um, as a matter of priority that, you know, a priori, as we say in law, it assumes that these people know some history. Now, the good news is conservative young men and women do know their history. That's yes. awesome. Christians and Jews know their history. Uh, so th that's a saving grace that what I, what I call upon, and maybe it's just a, it's a war of attrition where all the, the left and liberals simply don't have the children. And then the only people left standing are the conservatives 
then then we win. That's that's one way yeah. to win. But that's definitely a slow burn. A yeah. lot of damage could be happening uh, before then. Listen, uh, Bryce, I want to thank you so much for this. We've gone over uh, by a lot, but boy, was it interesting. Uh, it's so key uh, to have such great voices like you uh, speaking the great word and fighting out there. And uh, how can we find you? I mean, I know the Bryce Eddy Show, but uh, otherwise, can we tell our audience where they can find you? Yeah. So, um, you know, in two weeks we do our rebranding and it will be called the Bryce Eddy show right now. It's Liberty station, which you can find me on all of the podcast apps, rumble, um, and Salem. Now we're on Salem's podcast network. Um, you can follow me personally on, um, uh, Instagram at super Bryce Eddy. So it's B R Y C E E D D Y super Bryce Eddy. And, um, you know, I say some funny and obnoxious things from time to time and, you know, <laughs> Cancel uh, things, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're trying to get after it and, um, you know, make, make some things happen and save the Republic. That's wonderful. Well, Bryce Eddy, thank you so much for being here today on the Bruckler show. You are a blessing to the country and look, just keep on fighting the f good fight and not just to you, but to all of our listeners, you, you have to speak up, you have to say your piece. And, and when you hear nutty things like the stories we've been talking about today and, and, and that you hear otherwise, speak up and say, that dog don't hunt. It, do you really think that's good for civilization? Don't, don't sit back and say, and, and try to appear like you're a reasonable person and don't even say, well, that's interesting, but have you thought of, no, you need to, <laughs> to speak up like, like Bryce and I do to say, that's nutty, that is destructive. God forbid that that should happen. Anything like that. All right, folks, Breckler is signing off saying, God bless, and we'll talk with you next week. 